1: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 individual row metering system. Today, the latest crop reports is some fields are starting to turn colour and ripen and farmers are getting ready for harvest. We have a two-part piece on grain markets from a presentation at the Ag in Motion internet conference. The first portion looks at pulse crops, and the second segment looks at canola and wheat. Real agriculture takes a look at the beef supply chain during the COVID-19 pandemic. Saskatchewan agriculture today also takes a look at crops in the southeast part of Saskatchewan. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mark. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424 Twenty-nine sixty-seven. Saskatchewan crops are advancing quickly due to recent rain and warm weather across much of the grain belt. Provincial crop extension specialist Shannon Freeson says most crops are near normal development.
2: For the most part, crops are in relatively good condition. Of course, we still have some pockets that are suffering from excess moisture or even from lack of moisture. But for the most part, uh, things are in good shape, and of course, because we've had some recent rain and some heat now in the forecast, things should really perk up for us.
1: Most crops at normal development?
2: They are, yes. Uh, So provincially, 89% of the fall cereals, 77% of the spring cereals, 74% of the oil seeds, and 84% of the pulse crops are at their normal stages of development for this time of year.
1: What kind of rainfall did we have this past week?
2: Uh, you know, rainfall varied right across the province. It seems for the most part that every area got something, uh, with many areas actually reporting at least half an inch. Uh, so it ranged from very small amounts to about 51 millimeters in the Kuroki area.
1: Are some crops starting to turn color?
2: They are, yes, especially in the south part of the province. Uh, we have heard reports of some of those pulse crops as well as some of the cereals are actually starting to turn, and many producers actually expect harvest to be underway uh, in the next couple of weeks.
1: How's the topsoil moisture rating?
2: Uh, Topsoil moisture rating is doing quite well at the moment. Uh, So Provincially it is rated on cropland as 4% surplus, 84% adequate, 11% short and 1% very short. On hay and pasture it is 3% surplus, 74% adequate, 18% short and 5% very short.
1: What's the outlook on crop production this year?
2: Uh, You know, crop production, uh, we've heard reports that some producers are expecting average crops, and in some areas they are expecting above average crops. Uh, So as long as the heat that is coming doesn't do too much damage, and we continue to get rainfall that helps crops fill, things are looking quite good for us this year.
1: Where are crops good and where are crops poor?
2: Where crops are good is everywhere, uh, but we do have some poorer areas uh, such as in the north that have just suffered from some excess moisture and some flooding situations. Uh, Of course, we also have some dry pockets uh, as usual in south parts of the province uh, but also in that east central area.
1: What were the main causes of crop loss this past week?
2: Uh, Crop loss this week uh, was mainly due to localized flooding. Uh, We did have some hail as well. And some strong winds and of course a lack of moisture. Uh, We have heard and seen uh, that quite a few of our crops are now suffering with disease, especially on those pulse crops. We do have a lot of root rot out there in some wet areas. Many producers are still spraying fungicides for things like fusarium head blight or sclerotinia um, and of course we have had some insect damage from things such as grasshoppers.
1: Are grasshoppers much of a threat this year?
2: Uh, You know, we do have pockets of higher pressure than normal, so of course time will tell as the summer goes on if we continue to see more of a threat, but certainly we do have areas that have more of a risk at the moment.
1: How is haying progressing?
2: Uh, Haying is progressing well. Um, Of course, with the rainfall, things have been slower than normal, but certainly producers have been able to get out when they can. So at the moment, 22% of the hay crop is cut and 20% is baled or put into silage. Quality overall is about 10% excellent, 65% good, 18% fair, and 7% poor.
1: How do yields look for hay?
2: Yields, for the most part, are about average, even slightly below average. So at the moment, estimated average dryland hay yields are 1.3 tonnes per acre for alfalfa, 1.2 tonnes per acre for alfalfa brome, 1 tonne per acre for other tame hay, 0.8 tonnes per acre for wild hay, and 1.8 tonnes per acre for green feed.
1: Shannon Friesen is a Provincial Crop Extension Specialist at the Agriculture Knowledge Centre in Moose Jaw. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Salford Group. The summer early order program is extended through July. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. The state of Chinese-Canadian geopolitical relations are important for all grain and oilseed producers, especially those who grow peas. Mike Jubenville is a senior analyst with Markets Farm.
0: And essentially, we are a, have a one-buyer situation when it comes to peas for the most part. China is responsible for probably buying two-thirds of the Canadian pea crop, and they tend not to be chasers of the marketplace. So I think peas need to be relatively competitive as a food, as a protein, as a starch, as a feed in order to price competitive, in order to get into the Chinese market. And I think that's going to remain the case probably all year long.
1: Jubinville says if Chinese demand remains consistent, pea stocks will continue to tighten. He adds there will also be a price premium on peas that do not have a pre-harvest glyphosate treatment. As for lentils, higher prices this spring attracted producer interest and results in more seeded area. Jubinville says lentil supplies are tightening and there is an increased demand in the global marketplace.
0: India relaxed their import tariffs at least August 31st. Are they going to renew that going forward? into the new crop marketing year. We don't know that for a certainty yet, maybe not, but I still think that the demand element for lentils and uh, certainly in the COVID era where end users are trying to acquire supply to have physical supply on hand rather than just buying hand to mouth lends itself to the potential of higher lentil prices to come.
1: The one unknown is lentil quality.
0: Is the uh, supply of lentils that are going to be harvested going to be impacted by disease issues because it's been so wet so far this marketing season? Or if there's any problems during the harvest season, will we have a relative consistency of supply and a timely basis of market-ready lentils? If not, this lentil market still could see some significant upside bump.
1: Mike Jibbenville with Market Farms and part of his presentation at Ag in Motion Discovery Plus. In a few moments, we'll have the rest of his presentation. This is
3: your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at CanolaSchool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by Lyndon Lasitsa with Metocracy. How's it going today, Lyndon?
4: Not too bad, Sean. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing good. So there has been a a real struggle with the beef supply chain throughout the COVID-19 crisis. A lot of focus on processors and how the, the beef supply chain works and how can... How can consumers get more access to locally produced beef, and a lot of people scratching their heads and trying to figure out all of that. Lyndon, you come up with a, a new product, a, an app it's called metocracy. I, I love the name. Uh, what is this app doing what What's the purpose of the app?
4: Well, the purpose of the app is is very simply to bridge the gap between livestock producers and and consumers looking to buy direct from from producers. I mean, you and I know that if you're from the farm or, you know, maybe one generation removed, it's not an issue to to go out and, and find meat. You probably still know a lot of those local producers in your area or, or at least, you know, people who might be living around where your parents do. But, you know, it, the way that it's going right now in a lot of urban centers, especially what we're finding where a lot of our consumers are, are from and downloading the app, they may not know their local livestock producer or in, and be in a situation where, you know, they they just, they just don't know who to contact to, to get hooked up with, you know, beef or lamb or or bison or whatever. So, you know, we've developed the app very much with that in mind where people can download it on the in the Google Play or, or Apple uh, App Store. We also have a web application that we've developed because we understand that, you know, some of our clientele is, is you know, in that 45 uh, plus range. who are more comfortable using a web application like websites on their iPad or whatnot. So we developed it with both in mind. But uh yeah, very simply that that was the the rationale behind it. Uh I mean we saw that disconnect in, in what we saw anyway at the farm gate price where producers were getting in that range of a dollar thirty live weight pounds, just over two two dollars a hanging weight pound. Yet yet we saw in the grocery stores that, you know, initially there was meat supply shortages and, and still if you go to the grocery store and look at the price of a steak, uh it's it's pretty costly. <laughs> so so, you know, we're looking at something where, you know, producers can sign on. It's very quick for them to do that. Uh, they can set their market radius, set their prices for their product. Uh, they can determine if they want to do delivery or not. Uh, they can offer pickup only or, or delivery only. If, if they choose delivery, they can set a delivery fee, whether it's a flat fee or by the kilometer. And, you know, when, when you buy local and you buy direct from producer, that's money that's going directly back to that local farmer. It stays in the, the community. The animal is processed in a in a health licensed facility in accordance with all you know provincial regulations of course, but that's money that goes to that local abattoir or slaughter and processing facility. So you know we we've had a good response so far. Uh, we're we're seeing um, you know situations where, where farmers are earning substantially more uh, doing this than they would uh, like direct marketing than they would. Going through the sort of the traditional supply chain.
3: Yeah, direct marketing is not easy, right? Like, uh, there's been a lot of producers, like, you know what? I'm I'm going to sell beef direct to the, to whether it's the restaurant trade or or consumers directly. And we, selling beef on Facebook is a little bit helter skelter. This feels v- much more organized and and authentic. Uh, talk about the the SKUs that are available. Do do consumers say you know they're going to barbecue in the weekend Buy five ribeye steaks or what do the products look like
4: it it really is up to the producer uh we designed this with with the producer in mind so i mean if you're in an area where you can sell direct and sell the smaller cuts and again it depends on provincial regulations of where you're operating um you know for example saskatchewan is a prime example where you can do stuff like that as long as it's processed in a health licensed facility um, you're in a situation where you could have a producer that is offering those five steaks. Uh, you know, you could have a producer offering half a side of, of beef or half a side of bison as well. And, you know, if that order is placed, uh, either, or, uh, if those steaks are available, the producer can deliver it, uh, immediately. They, they know their inventory and their stock. They know what they have. So they let the consumer know that, Hey, you know, it's going to take a couple days in order to get to your product or in, in instance of a half side of beef, they could say, well, it's going to take three to six weeks because it has to age
3: it has to be cut right so yeah this has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres there's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information canolaschool.com that's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding disease weeds and insects harvest and marketing Engaging and informative content, all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canola.school.com. Brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and B.S.F. Canada.
1: The official 6:20 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland, working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at three five two. 1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, mainly cloudy today, 60%. Chance of showers this afternoon and evening with risk of a thunderstorm. Wind southeast, 20, gusting to 40, becoming light this afternoon. The high today, 31 degrees. The low, 16. Tomorrow, mainly sunny. The high, 29. The low, 17. Saturday, clearing with the high, 24. The low, 11. Sunday, sunny. The high, 24. The low, 10. Monday, sunny, the high 26, the low 13. Tuesday, sunny, the high 31, the low 16. Wednesday, sunny, the high forecast 31 degrees. Normal high is 26 for this date. The normal low is 11. The sun rose at 514 this morning. It sets at 856 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Mancota at 30 degrees. The cold spot, Jimmy Lake up north at 19. Estevan is 26. Saskatoon, 28. Swift Current, 29. Weyburn, 23. Yorkton, 27. Regina is cloudy and 26 degrees. That's 79 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south at 26. Humidity, 79 percent. The dropping, 100.6. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 27 degrees. Winds are from the south, southeast at 22. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 26. That's 79 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com, And Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. Farmers, get your spot loss hail insurance with SMHI online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable, SMHI isn't. A market analyst is projecting Canadian canola production at 19.5 million metric tonnes this fall a number which should result in a lower carryover and provide good support for prices. Mike Jubinville with Markets Farm spoke this week at Ag in Motion Discovery Plus. He says domestic canola crush should continue at near capacity, with exports holding their own as well, even as China cut its canola seed purchases by more than half this crop year. That's part of the political dispute between the two countries surrounding the ongoing stalemate involving a senior Huawei executive under house detention in Vancouver. Jubinville says two main customers have stepped into the void left by the Chinese.
0: Buying interest from Europe is certainly there. Countries like uh, United Arab Emirates, the UAE, are also significant buyers. I suspect that that's not for their domestic demand. They basically have a toll crush where they process the seed and send the oil and meal elsewhere. I suspect some of that oil is actually making its way into China as well to make up some of their demand needs on the vegetable oil side. So... The export side that we are looking at here for canola, to me, is coming in probably a bit better than we expected. It's certainly not something that drives a bullish marketplace at this stage, but it certainly is an opportunity to dispose of volume and move volume.
1: Jubinville talks about the current canola market.
0: From the big picture perspective, canola, you know, we're slowly grinding higher, but we are encountering resistance at 480 if we can crack through here. Uh, we look at the January highs around 490 or so. And after that, you know, I look at this canola market in the year ahead as probably trading on average $20 a ton higher relative to what we've seen in this current marketing year. And is there opportunities for us to get towards that $500 a ton area on canola in the year ahead? I suspect probably so. Will we see it before harvest? Probably not, unless the crops are in trouble.
1: Jubinville says the downward price risk for canola is relatively limited. The forecast is not as promising for wheat. Jibbenville says the world continues to have ample wheat supplies.
0: We're looking uh, in terms of a slight tightening of carry-out expectations for this year, but is it enough to really drive the market out of the doldrums that it has been in so far? I would say probably not. And with the northern hemisphere around the planet currently harvesting winter wheat crops, uh, there is a fresh supply that is coming to to market, particularly from the FSU countries, the the Russia, Ukraine, Kazakhstan, as well as uh, in Europe and and in the United States. So, you know, we are seeing a bit of a flush of supply that is going to be coming into the marketplace. And, you know, a lot of that Russian Ukrainian product tends to hit the street pretty quickly and, and moved out. So I think they will be pretty aggressive uh, short-term in the marketplace.
1: Jubinville is anticipating an aggressive Canadian wheat export program.
0: So I think we have the rail car movement. has been moving at record volumes as of late, and I think that's going to continue into next year. Our shipping capacity, punctuated by increased terminal capacity. You know, G3 has their new terminal uh, that has been uh, brought online and, and improvements made at other facilities, especially in the Vancouver area. Uh, So I I think we're going to be moving a lot of supply over a short period of time. The question is, in wheat, are we going to have market-ready supply at the right time at harvest season? You have a lot of buyers that are sitting back waiting for prices to go lower on both wheat and other commodities, thinking we're going to have a big flush of supply in the fall time, as we likely would expect. But if we have delayed harvest operations, and product uh, quality issues start to manifest themselves as we've seen in past years recently uh, you know that could provide short-term spikes in the marketplace that we're hopefully looking for
1: mike jubinville is a senior analyst with market farms and spoke this week during ag in motion discovery plus this segment of saskatchewan agriculture today is brought to you by digelman industries look to digelman for the most reliable dependable engineered tough equipment on the market and by the Remax Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel Decorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Crops are in pretty good shape in southeast Saskatchewan. The provincial crop extension specialist in Weyburn, Sherry Roberts, says many areas in the southeast have had good rainfall this month to support crop development.
5: Oh, the southeast, most of the area is looking exceedingly well. In fact, we even have uh, cereal fields that are starting to. Uh Golden up, so I'm 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 still with my I'm thinking possible combines in the field by second week in August in certain areas is what I'm saying. Here, we've got some beautiful looking crops this year. Our biggest downfall is right now in certain areas. I don't want to I don't want to be negative, but some of them we need the rain to stop for a little while so the hay can get put up. We've got a lot of fields where they've been rained on a couple of times now, and they're having to bring their rakes out and and work those fields over so they can get them baled. So I do know that there are some producers that would like to stop for at least a week so they can get that up. And then I'm also hearing south of Wayburn and some other areas, we've got some grasshopper issues going on.
1: So there are some other, are there any other crop diseases as well as insect pests?
5: Yes, unfortunately this past week I found ergot not only just on the western wheatgrass like a couple weeks ago, but now I found it on the fringed bromegrass and on the smooth bromegrass. So I'm really asking producers if they have these native prairie grasses around the edges of their cereal fields, please get out there and get that cut because you're just setting up an environment for that ergot to move into your cereal fields. And as we all know, ergot can be a real toxin when it comes to livestock feed, and it can also be a something you're going to get docked for at, at the mill. So think proactively here. Now I'm giving you the warning. i found it. It's out there. It's happening. Maybe not in some of the areas that didn't get as much moisture this year. I've been trying to get out and do some additional scouting, but I have now positively found it in the Lampman area and in the Aven area. So those, those producers, this is your heads up.
1: Some agrologists I've spoken to have talked about root rot. Any in the southeast?
5: Yes, I'm passing quite a few fields. I'm just heading down to Weyburn today. To uh, see a producer and I'm seeing several fields of lentils that are showing the, the sad signs of root rot and also a bunch of pea fields are also showing, showing that uh, it is, is an issue and producers need to be proactive on this also. They should be getting an phantomiasis test done. On those on those samples in those in those areas to make sure is this a Phanomiasis that's hitting my lentils and my peas or is it just Fusarium, Rhizoctonia, Pythium root rot complex? So I know for sure how I can put my rotations together and what I need to be thinking about with seed treatments uh, for next year and for crops and things like that. So be proactive. Now's the time.
1: Any spraying?
5: I'm seeing a lot of spraying being done, but of course with the root rots that you know you're out of luck there. That's not going to help you out there there's spraying going on for uh, on lentils of course for anthracnose there's also i'm hearing some reports down more over in the mitten area and over towards the cinnaboy that there's some issues going on with chickpeas this year that they're really puzzling over so there are disease issues particularly where the moistures come down in a fairly regular manner so be proactive as i say and get out there and scout and if you see something you know that you're suspicious of, either take some samples or give one of your crop extension specialists a call and we'll come out and we'll help you take some samples and get things sent into the lab so we know for sure exactly what we're dealing with.
1: In the southeast, so are you expecting above or below normal production this year?
5: I'm still gonna say above normal. How much? <laughs> that's my pr- that's my prediction. Well, how much? That, that of course is going to depend on your area. I would say in the Glenavon area, in the Lampman area, unless we get a wet fall so we can't get it out of the field, I'm saying those those folks are going to look at at least a 10 or 15% increase for sure over last year. Absolutely above average. Those The crops are just beautiful in those areas. And I haven't had a chance to get out and about in my area as much as I would have liked this year, but I do know that the areas that got moisture, the crops are really looking good.
1: Sherry Roberts is the Provincial Crop Extension Specialist in Weyburn. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau says about 800 new positions will be created through the Youth Employment and Skills Program for the coming year. The enhanced program was launched May 26th and is fully subscribed with applications closed. The federal government announced in May another $9.2 million to help the agriculture industry attract youth aged 15 to 30 to their organizations to assist with labor shortages due to the coronavirus. The program gives youth an opportunity with job experience in agriculture to provide career-related work experience. Those eligible include farmers, agribusinesses, industry associations, provincial governments, indigenous organizations, and research facilities. The Saskatchewan government has given the green light for another 300 projects worth over $16 million under the Municipal Economic Enhancement Programme. The total has now reached almost 500 projects at an investment of $38 million. The deadline to submit potential projects for municipalities has been extended to July 31st from July 17th. Some of the recently approved projects include culvert replacement for the Arm of Wallace at $122,000. The Arm of Wallace is based in Yorkton. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola rose thirty cents at four hundred forty dollars forty eight cents number one red spring wheat fell a dollar seventy one at two seventeen sixty nine The rest were unchanged durham two sixty six thirty nine feed barley one ninety five seventy flax five twenty eight eighty five lentils five eighty two fifty oats two hundred thirteen dollars sixteen cents yellow peas two forty four eighty nine Feed wheat 172.88 on the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning. September spring wheat is down one and a quarter cents at five thirteen and a half cents a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Wayburn Livestock Exchange. Call Wayburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra dealers. Now the latest livestock quotes.
6: This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of July 21st. Weyburn's last regular sale was on July 8th. We had 500 head at this sale. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.80 to $0.90. D3 cows sold from $0.70 to $0.80. Counter cows sold from $0.60 to $0.70. Heiferettes sold from $1.05 to $1.17. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.30. We had a few steers and heifers at this sale. 650 to 700-pound steers averaged $1.53 and sold up to $2.00. 700 to 800-pound steers averaged $1.63 and sold up to $1.99. For the heifers, 700- 700- to 800-pound heifers averaged $1.66 and sold it to $1.73. And 800- to 900-pound heifers averaged $1.45 and sold it to $1.64. This has been Stephanie Day reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle
1: and the prices too. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices are from yesterday. Ham sold 6,500 hogs Tuesday,
0: selling a range of 120-154 to 154 per ckg. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,000 head, selling in a range of 120 to 158 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in a range of 17 to 22 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is up and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar is up 53 basis points with the daily exchanger at 1.3446. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.49 cents US. Cash hog formula pricing is seeing some strength return as cutout values improve over recent days, led by the improvement in hem values. Despite the support, however, cash values remain at counter-seasonal lows. The negotiated western Corn Belt region appears to be holding above $30
1: U.S. a hundredweight for the time being. Coming up, the Resource Report.
4: This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's
1: Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Foam Lake Combine Lotto. Win $225,000 in cash or three hundred dollars in combine cash. Ticket info at combinelotto.com. Synovus Energy is reporting a $235 million loss in the second quarter, compared with a profit of $1.78 billion a year earlier. The oil sands company says weak crude oil prices early in the quarter contributed to a 61% plunge in revenue to $2.17 billion. Revenue decline came despite an increase in total production from continuing operations to just over 373,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day from nearly 345,000 last year. Zenova says it quickly ramped up production when Western Canadian select prices increased almost tenfold in June from prices in April. Precision Drilling says its second quarter loss widened to $48.9 million, three and a half times higher than a year ago. The Calgary-based company says its revenues plummeted 47% to $189.8 million as the COVID-19 pandemic caused demand and prices for oil to dwindle. The results were in line with expectations. Position says deeper cost-cutting than previously announced as well. The Canadian Wage Subsidy Program will help reduce 2020 cash outflows by up to $150 million, above its previous target of $100 million. North American stock markets were down in late-morning trading, while gold prices reached a nine-year high and inched towards record levels. The TSX Composite Index was down 40 points at 16,130. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 128 points at 26,877. The Canadian dollar traded for 74.65 cents U.S., compared with 74.52 from Wednesday. The September crude oil contract was down 19 cents, at forty-one seventy-one a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at one forty-five this afternoon, and an agri-news report at three forty-five p.m. Tomorrow morning there's another agri-news report at six forty-five a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.